Welcome to Careers Evolve, the podcast for women where we talk about pivoting, opening doors, and breaking barriers in your career. Our careers evolve as we do, so let's talk about it. I'm your host, Dr. Monique Johnson. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Careers Evolve podcast with Dr. Monique Johnson. This is my very first interview on the podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guests, but first I want to wish you a happy holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope it was great. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope it was great. I'm sure you'll all agree that 2020 has been an eventful year with lots of highs and lows. We're not out of the woods yet, and I hope that you and your family are doing everything you can to be safe. I'm an optimist, and I am hopeful that 2021 is going to be the best year yet. It has to be after the year that we had. This episode, we'll be talking with three young women of color who have studied or are studying a STEM-related major. One of them happens to be my daughter, Nia Johnson, who is home for the break. And I thought, why not take advantage of this opportunity? After all, the Careers Evolve podcast is going to highlight all of the voices from young women to women who are in the C-suite. So why not take advantage of this time that we have? These three young ladies are friends and they have a lot to offer. And I'm so excited to have them here. They are all students at The Ohio State University. I was told that it's The Ohio State. And I want to take this opportunity to introduce them to you very quickly. So we have Nia Johnson. She's a fourth year chemical engineering major at Ohio State. I do have some notes here, so I will be kind of glancing over. I want to make sure that I get it all right. She's currently treasurer of Ohio State. NSBE chapter, that stands for National Society of Black Engineers, and she's been involved in the organization throughout her years at the university, and she was previously the Vice President of Finance for the Ohio State Women's Glee Club, and she sings. And after achieving her undergraduate degree, she hopes to work in industry as a process engineer for a big company. And also, I do want to say this, coincidentally, today is the fifth day of Kwanzaa. So for those of you who celebrate Kwanzaa, today's principal is Nia, which means purpose. And what that means is that you set your own personal goals as well as goals that help and support the Black community. Kwanzaa is a cultural holiday. It's not a religious holiday. It's a cultural holiday that kind of reinforces various principles for around African-American heritage. We'll just leave it at that. So shout out to Nia. Um, And we have Camila, who's a fourth year electrical engineering student with a biomedical engineering minor. I did say that I would allow them to introduce themselves. So I'm not going to go on and on. She has some great things to share with you as well. And then we also have Julian, who is a recent graduate of the Ohio State University with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and she 
was a pre-med major. I'll let her share more about that. But I wanna welcome you ladies. Come on in or come off mute. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So happy to have you all here. I'm just so, so excited. So I'm gonna let you all kind of tell a little bit more about yourself, maybe something that I didn't share. And uh, then we'll jump into the questions. Yes, go ahead, Nia. So hi, everyone. Um, as she said, my name's Nia Johnson. I am her daughter. So I go to the Ohio State Chemical Engineering, fourth year. I have two semesters left. Something that she didn't mention is I really like to stay active in any way, whether that's traditionally working out or just trying new things. With the pandemic going on, it's been really difficult to stay motivated, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, and I love to sing. I love to dance, even though I can't. I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> and my love language is definitely quality time. So again, with the pandemic, you know, that's been difficult as well. And also, I want all three of you ladies to share if you've had like internship experiences and things of that nature, just share who you've worked for, what you've done and all of that. Sure. So all of my past experiences, I've had three, were with Procter & Gamble, or I'm sorry, all two. And uh, they were both in Lima, Ohio, working for Lima's Fabric Care Plant. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you, Nia. Okay, and we'll have Camila. So, as Dr. Johnson mentioned, I'm an electrical engineering student. So, I currently, me and Nia are in the same organization, NSBE, or the National Society of Black Engineers, and I'm able to serve as the president this year. So, that's been really cool. We've just been doing our best to get all the Black engineering students through this pandemic, you know, the best way we can virtually. And then I'm also doing research work currently. Um, in my major, the lab is called the Electronic Materials and Nanostructures Lab. And I really like that research. It's allowed me to figure out kind of what I want to do post-graduation, and that will be pursuing my PhD um, in electrical engineering um, and studying nanostructures for biomedical applications. And then a bit of the social side, all three of us are actually, we're briefly in a skating club. So on Friday nights, we would get together and we would skate around campus. So that was fun, a way to like relieve stress and just get together and stay sane in that pandemic. Fantastic. Nano, that sounds so complicated. <laughs> it is. Have the the nano structures. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. And Miss Julian. Thank you, Miss Johnson, for your introduction. As she said, I just recently graduated about a month ago from Ohio State with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and I was a pre-med student, and I also love to skate in my free time and I'll go on runs as well. And another thing that I did during my undergrad was a lot of research. So since my sophomore year of college, I think it was my sophomore year, I started off by doing a field experiment and field research in Panama, Gamboa, Panama through the Smithsonian. And since then, I've been studying ants. So a specific species of ants I studied in Panama called Megalomerex melinae under Dr. Rochelle Adams. And she described that species. And now this past semester, I worked with chemicals in chemical ecology. And now I am working on some more papers and behavioral papers in terms of ants and transitioning into my studies at 
New York University. So that starts in like a month or so. <laughs> Fantastic. You all are doing some great things. I'm so, so proud of all of you. So let's start out. All three of you mentioned something about the um, pandemic. And, you know, this has definitely been a difficult time for all of us in different ways. It's impacted the way that we do school, the way that we work, the way that we socialize in so many different ways. So what has been the greatest challenge for you during this pandemic as a student? Um, I know like the first thing that immediately comes to my mind was just trying to navigate how to turn different, you know, areas in your home into a place where you only do work. I guess like previously, even in high school, I mean, before the pandemic, I've never done work at my house, never. Um, I've never found the need to. Uh, Nia and Julian apply a test. I stayed at 18th Avenue Library, which is a nearby library on campus uh, near the dorms. I was probably there more than I was at my dorm, including sleeping hours, because that's where I just did the majority of my work. Um, or in high school, I would just do it in a study hall or things like that. Um, so it was a real adjustment to learn how to actually do 100% of my coursework in my house, which before it was only for entertainment and eating and sleeping. Um, so that was a big adjustment. Okay. And how about you, Nia? I would say for me, finding and maintaining the motivation to stick to the schedule I created. So initially I knew that nothing was going to get done if I didn't create a schedule for myself. So, you know, I started just with Apple Calendar and I would put every single hour would be planned out essentially. Because before, of course, you're used to your class schedule determining where you're at at a certain time. So if you have a break between classes, you can just stop by a nearby study area and do your work there, right? Whereas if you're at home <laughs> and your TV is in the same room as where you just finished doing class and you have a two-hour break, you know, Zoom isn't the most fun, engaging place to have class. So you might want to decompress and watch TV. But I knew. I was not going to succeed if I allowed myself to do that. So the good thing is I did create that schedule, but again, just maintaining the motivation and the determination, perseverance to actually get everything done within that schedule was quite difficult at times. I can imagine. You all were fortunate in that you all had off-campus apartments, so you could still stay at school at least and be around all of your friends as opposed to coming home and being with your family and having you know all kinds of distractions and things like that around you. And how about you, Julian? What was your greatest challenge? I would say that one of my greatest challenges were the same thing in terms of making a certain schedule for myself, but kind of on the flip of what Nia said is that I would have to make sure that I also took off time from Zoom um, because you can find yourself like getting almost addicted to being on the computer because you don't separate home from school as much when you're on Zoom. So me and I would always go on morning walks and things like that um, just to kind of get our mind off of school for a minute and also get some refreshing air because that's all we really could do in Columbus. And then also, we would like cook and do things like that as well to like separate our time. So just exercise and things like that. Oh, I was going to say that on campus, like during regular semesters, we're always walking to and from class. And that's 
inherent exercise. So like we would walk at least an hour a day and speed walk at that because if you're any, any much late to class, you're getting a good workout in. But otherwise, when you're in the middle of a pandemic, you're not really. So we were trying to make up for that. <laughs> that's great. People don't really think about those those things. You know, that that's some good insight. And I love how you all, you know, incorporated the self-care, you know, making sure that you separated your time, you went on walks, you went skating on Friday nights, you know, you're outdoors. So that's a good creative way to still be outdoors, uh, which is, you know, what they recommend, socially distance outdoors and still enjoying one another. So tell me a little bit about your experience as a woman of color um, pursuing a STEM related major. Uh, I know, Julian, you you graduated in psychology, but it's a Bachelor of Science and you still are doing, you know, research and things of that nature. And uh, we have the two engineering students. So tell me a little bit, of, have you experienced any challenges around being a student of color, a woman of color, a Black woman in a STEM related major? I would say my most memorable challenges were freshman year, freshman and sophomore year, when I was making that transition from high school to undergrad. It was an experience of, I don't belong here, or I am only here to check off a certain box and things like that. Or maybe I didn't score as high as this person on the ACT, so I'm going to fail this class no matter what, those types of things. And it would really get into my head to the point where I wasn't efficiently doing my work and studying for exams and those types of things. And I think it was between freshman and sophomore year was when I kind of tried to take more responsibility for myself and my learning and realize what my own studying habits were and that I did belong there and kind of just like prove it to myself that I could do it. And it gave me the confidence through the rest of my college education that I could do it. And I'm just as good as the other students, because it really can be very intimidating when you walk into a lecture hall of 400 people on your first day, especially as a science major, mm -hmm. and you only see one or two people of color just in general. It's, and also just the number 400 people for one class in one lecture hall is overwhelming. Right. So. That was one of the biggest challenges, I think, especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's generally referred to as imposter syndrome, where you think that you're not good enough. There's a lot of talk on social media about imposter syndrome, and there's actually some research around that. So I have one quick question for you. What was the um, turning point for you? You said, you know, after a period of time, you realized that you did belong there. What, what would you describe as a turning point? Specifically, I did very poor in general chemistry, both first and second semester, or the first and second general chemistry classes. And I knew I had to retake it in order to be able to like prove myself from medical schools or any professional school that I wanted to get into. So first semester of sophomore year, I retook the class and I started going to office hours. I started studying right after class rather than waiting for the day before the exam. And I was kind of learning as I went. And I started realizing, like, I don't have to crunch for any or cram for any of my exams. Like, I, I can set up a schedule for myself so I can be successful throughout it. And I ended up getting a really good grade the second time I retook it. And I got good grades in my other classes because of my studying habits that I learned for chemistry. I don't remember how I developed those certain study habits. I think I kind of just started to actually take the advice from the TAs and the professors and applying them. And it ended up paying off. So 
that was my turning point. And then from there on, Nia, Nia can attest to this, that my study habits included giant stacks of flashcards <laughs> and constant studying after class, <laughs> but it works. So <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, that is fantastic. You just became proactive. You yes. said, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll take some of their suggestions and you just kind of changed your whole trajectory there. So that is fantastic. That's great. Anyone else want to chime in into uh, their experience as a woman of color in STEM? Sure. I guess the first thing that popped into my head was probably like the isolating feeling. So like, of course, as Julian said, like we all take the first like people in science, like, like chemistry, physics, some sort of math. And there are always these huge lecture halls where you see three people that look like you and you have to, you know, navigate maybe trying to form a study group, but you feel like you don't belong in the class. So it's hard to approach people and that sort of thing. And even as you go further, especially in like the engineering departments, they're not very diverse at all. So it's very easy to, you're excited because you got into your major but now you're even more isolated because now it's a smaller group of people um, with even less, you know, diversity um, and the classes are getting harder and you kind of need those study groups. So yeah, I was just like navigating that. I think it was my third year of school where that was like the first time I've ever actually learned the name of more than two people in my major that were not Black because you, you just had to. You had to talk to people that you didn't know or didn't look like you and from study groups else you wouldn't do as well. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a pressure of being forced to do these social interactions just to do well in the class is sometimes how it felt like. So that's not really like the best environment. And I think a lot of women of color in STEM can attest to that. Like you just have to put yourself in sometimes uncomfortable position so that you're able to succeed at the same level, mm-hmm. which is probably an attestment to like the atmosphere in probably most College of Engineering's or um, you know, science departments, you know, at PWIs. It's just important to have like your foundation, like your friend group and me in this case, like Nesby, where we're able to connect with like hundreds of black engineers. Luckily, since our school is so big, that experience the same thing and, you know, and can relate and you can, you know, relax and be social with outside of school. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. I was going to ask you how you have sort of overcome that I don't know if that's the right word but what were some of the strategies that you used to sort of you know connect with to find the support that you needed basically and so you did share Nesby and your friend group and so forth that's fantastic Nia did you want to say something yeah just to quickly bounce off of both of their responses so with the isolation especially with being in your your major um, so like having a distinction of sorts the pool of people of color, and especially in engineering, women of color, dwindles down to (laughs) handfuls, maybe not even, maybe one hand. Um, I know just for myself, in my class of chemical engineering, I'm pretty sure it's just me, my friend Lotana, who's also part of our friend group, maybe two or three other Black women. And that's just me guessing because I've never seen them, but I'm sure, you know, the school's huge, so I just haven't seen them. But with that being said, of course, you're going to feel isolated. And then, of course, you're going to feel that, do I even belong here feeling sitting in these hard engineering classes and feeling like 
you don't want to raise your hand because you don't even want to draw attention to yourself. And I think that's something that I struggled with a lot was just asking for help, walking into engineering study lounges where, you know, you don't see anyone that you know, and let alone you don't see anyone that looks like you. You don't want to just go plop down with a study group that's already formed because it kind of feels like you're in preschool again, like asking for someone to be your friend so you can get help on the homework, um, if you know what I mean. So with that, of course, you're not going to do as well as you potentially could because you're doing it all by yourself. I think I learned going through my career that it's important to be vulnerable and ask for that help because personally, I think nothing in this life is easier to do alone. I think it's always good to have someone in your corner or at least be willing to have someone in your, in your corner in case you do need that help. So yeah, I think that's just my sense. Well, I'm in all of your corners, but I can't help you with any engineering, any math, any physics, any, any chemistry, <laughs> but I'm in your corner. If you need encouragement and support and inspiration, then I'm here for you. So let me ask you this. You all talked about some really interesting feelings and emotions, the feeling of isolation. You mentioned vulnerability. You talked about belonging and not feeling a sense of belonging at times in your during your studies. So tell me, why stay? Why continue in engineering and why continue in these STEM fields? What's the motivation for sticking it out? Because, you know, many college students, as someone who's been in academia, students switch majors often, and there's other options out there. So tell me, why stay? I think I genuinely would not still be in engineering if it was not for the other two guests here, along with our friend group. Camila and I both were lucky to participate in a program called Preface before we even got to like actually start our programs at Ohio State. It was a summer program for engineering students of color who had been ad admitted to the college, really just to give us a taste of what it's going to look like to take classes and to create a support group. And there were so many times when we would all have discussions like, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, I could be in business right now. I could be doing, you know, fill in the blank. But you then remember that you being a person of color, you being a Black woman in engineering is a superpower by itself. Because by you going into those classes and you going into that field, you are breaking barriers, you are potentially making some of the other people uncomfortable. And anytime you make people uncomfortable, that can initiate change. You also are coming from a background that is more diverse, potentially more diverse. And so you're bringing a different viewpoint into these fields and into these classes that, again, can initiate change. So I think it was just a matter of using my support group and encouraging each other just when it got hard. That's good. That's great. That is really good. Either of you other ladies want to chime in? I was just going to say, 
especially my first semester, as I expressed earlier, was extremely challenging for me. I didn't really like find friends until the end of my first semester. So I was really on the brink of being like, I can't go here. I'm going to transfer somewhere that is closer to home so that I can just be with my sister and my family. And the only thing that really kept me there first semester was the fact that I was on a scholarship and it was really the cheapest choice for me to stay at OSU. And then Nia, actually, I met her in my general chemistry one course. And I specifically remember we became friends because I did very poor on an exam and or poorly on an exam. And we were walking to the cafeteria and I just was telling her how bad I did. And I could just tell by her confidence after the exam that she did well. And she looked at me and said, girl, I got you. You'll do well on the next exam. So after that, we went to Subway together and we became like best friends literally from that day forward. I don't remember us not hanging out. Then we lived together. And yeah, that was just the blossoming of our friendship. But then I met everyone else, including Camila through Nia, basically, and Latana, our other roommate. That's great. That's great. Support systems can make all the difference, right? Connecting and... um making good friendships. Mm-hmm. And Ms. Camila? Yeah, I will say, like, Nia is good for that. Like, you could have the lowest feeling grade you have ever seen. And she'd be like, oh, that's fine. How many tests are left? Oh, you should have seen what I got on this test. I think your phrase that you used was bounce back. That was, like, the phrase of, like, first and second year. It's okay. You just got to bounce back. And that's all there is to it. That's right. And then we went towards it. That's right. Um, but, yeah, as far as why I stayed... I don't know. I guess I only do what I'm interested in. If I were to ever get bored with engineering, I would switch my major and increase my graduation time, I guess, because I honestly like cannot imagine devoting my life to something that I don't find interesting. I remember I was going to go into education at first, but there was something about engineering. I thought, okay, well, I could use the power of my brain to like invent brand new things that no one has ever thought of before. And then this is where I'm going to stay. And then like, as I got more into that and did research my freshman year and then research currently, and then, and just like did an internship and looked at industry panels and I realized, oh, okay, well the people doing, you know, brand new stuff that no one in the world has ever done before, are, you know, getting five-year degrees, you know, their PhD. So I guess I will have to do that then. So that's kind of how I decided. Cause yeah, I, I personally would not go through this hardship of this collegiate engineering degree well, of course, like I would probably stay, you know, to help your role model because Nesby does allow us to be like mentors to people coming up and we get to interact with a lot of black middle school and high school students. And it's great to like see their face light up and talk to them about engineering. But yeah, I, I really think it was more like just the interest for me. Like, I, I guess I will have to endure all this extra stuff because I believed them back in high school when they were talking about engineering and how we could just invent things with our mind, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's just the interest. And that's a great point because I'm a firm believer as a career strategist, I'm a certified master of career services that we should do work that we enjoy. You know, I just, I can't imagine not doing work that I enjoy. I love talking. (laughs) And so I can't imagine not being able to do that. So I think that is a big factor. Who wants to study something for years and years and not enjoy it? So I think that is a great point. So I have a couple more questions for you ladies, and then we will wrap it up. But I think you all have touched on some excellent points that I believe will be 
encouraging to other young women who listen to this podcast. As you reflect on your experiences, share your best advice for other young women and women of color. I would say this sounds cliche, but don't give up because even the worst curveballs you'll reflect back on a couple years later and realize that if you gave up on that one little thing, you would be really regretful. So just power through the losses and even even the failures, use those failures as a learning experience and just change yourself and be adaptable to your situations. Mm -hmm. That's excellent advice. Bounce back, right? In the words of Nia Johnson. (laughs) It takes a lot of thought to think about like what you would want to hear at that stage, maybe coming in as a freshman or even in high school. But I don't know, I guess the main thing kind of like the theme of what we've been talking about is just finding a support system, whether that's in your major or not in your major. But it's it's really important to lean on that, especially when you get the failing grade on a test and you need, you know, your friends to help bring you back or or you just need to relax and not think about school at all in any way, shape or form. You know, that sort of thing. And I think it's really great what we found because each of us kind of has like our own personality and we can call like one person for like a specific thing. Like our other friend who mentioned Latana, me and Latana could talk for hours about getting our PhDs and, oh my goodness, what's it going to be like in grad school? And, oh my goodness, look what my research lab just did. My Nia, Nia could talk about probably anything, actually, anything under the sun. We used to stay up till like 4 a.m. in our dorms talking about random things. And then Julian, I hate that I didn't get a chance to interact with Julian like as much, but Julian will always probably just be there making me laugh and also talking about anything random as well. So it's just like a good way to go through college and I guess life in general, because only focusing on school or only being stressed out about school, like doesn't work, at least in my case, like you kind of had to have something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. And I love that you all have created the bonds that you have. And I hope that you all will stay in touch for years and years and years to come. I really do. And Nia, did you want to share your best advice? Sure. So to bounce off what Camila said about me talking a lot, I get it from my mom. So (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You can do great things by talking. (laughs) Um, But just to kind of touch on what I said earlier, it's important to remember your worth. I think so many times, you know, of course, imposter syndrome creeps up on you or you walk into that lecture hall or you walk into your first day on the job and you're like, how am I supposed to create a support group here if I only see two people in here that look like me? I think it's important to ground yourself and remind yourself that if you are passionate about what you're doing and how what you're doing will get you to where you want to go, then you can be equipped for it. You just have to you know, prepare, you have to be determined and remember that you are worth it and prove to other people that you're worth it. So yeah. Know your worth. That is extremely important. Anything worth having is worth fighting for, right? That's what I always say. You got to fight your way through. And unfortunately you have to fight your way through, but (laughs) that's kind of the way of the world, right? That's all great, great perspective great advice, great counsel from you ladies. 
And I have just a couple more questions because we do want to keep this to 30 minutes. I think we're close. One of the things that I talk about in the podcast, that's sort of my tagline is opening doors and breaking barriers. And so I want to ask you, what does it mean to you to open doors and break barriers? And how are you doing that through your work? Or how do you hope to do that through your work? So what's it mean? And what are you doing? Or what do you plan to do to open doors and break barriers? I'll give just, I guess, an example of what it means to me. I think that sharing my story and hearing the stories of my peers and the two women in this chat as well, just sharing our stories with each other. So for example, I'm not afraid, at least anymore, to tell people that I've failed like severely. I failed exams. I failed in certain ways. And how, like Nia says, I've bounced back from those situations are stories that stick with people more than you just telling them that you were successful because that intimidates people. So I'm, I just feel like being real with how you got through it because not everybody, a lot of people aren't just getting 4.0 GPAs and are perfect and that's how they get into medical school or their PhD programs for engineering. It's just not realistic. So one example that comes to mind is I kind of gotten to a mentor uh, relation, mentor-mentee relationship with a girl um, from a pre-med club that I was in. Um, and she was another woman of color and she was a freshman and this was this past year. And she was just telling me how intimidated she was with general chemistry. And I told her my exact story that I did horrible, that I retook the class, I relearned how to study, and then I did well. And that has like transferred to all of my other courses. And I told her exactly how I study for every single class, like every single detail, probably more than she wanted to see. It was a giant book of a text message. But about a month later, because that was at the beginning of the semester after their first midterm, and she told me she didn't do well and she was freaking out because she has, was retaking the class. And she applied the study skills that I uh, gave her, and she did really well on the second exam. And then she did well in the class. And that, that was one of those experiences that were just like really rewarding to me. And I was just like, this is what it is to be a mentor. And this is what it means to be like giving an example to people. So you don't always have to talk and tell people what to do. It's more so like just being real and telling your story and also just like being open to somebody because being intimidating and telling people that you're like perfect and get really good grades is just like that competitive nature that I don't love. So right, right. That is really, really great perspective, Julian. You know, two things come to mind. I'm a quote person and I love little sayings. Perfect isn't everything and everything isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's for the people out there who want everyone to think that that everything's perfect. You know, not everything is perfect and it isn't everything if it is. <laughs> the second is, you know, you failed an exam, but that doesn't make you a failure. You know, so... Sometimes we don't do well. And I just love how you sort of turned that around and you, you know, took a, a look at yourself and the way that you were studying, the way that you were doing things and, and turned it into something successful. And then you shared it with someone else and she actually saw the results. So yes, I agree. Mentoring is very, very rewarding. So thank you for sharing that. Anyone else want to share? Open doors, breaking barriers, what it means? I would say what that means to me would be like any, you know, in my case, any Black woman, you know, in STEM being able to do whatever they want to do. 
Now, if they want to work for Apple, then they can do that. Or if they want to um, get their MD, PhD in biomedical engineering, as I randomly once wanted to do at freshman year, then they can do that too. And like that there's enough barriers dropped, enough doors open so that there's equal opportunity and they have the same chances with anything that they think of. So yeah, I guess like even in my case, when I just decided my freshman year that I wanted to get my PhD, well, my GPA was a 2.8, you know? So how was I getting into a PhD program? Well, I didn't know anything about it. No one in my family was a doctor, um, had, you know, the doctor title. And I guess I just didn't really like know how that was going to be accomplished. I just kind of said it and I would repeat it to everyone until it became like what I was going to do. But because someone had broken down the barriers for me and opened the doors for me, I could just go over to Dr. Lee's office in our College of Engineering's Minority Engineering program and ask him, hey, how did you get your PhD in electrical engineering? And he can talk to me about that. Or I could just talk to some of the older members in Nesby, um, especially the Black women, say, hey, you're a senior in electrical engineering. How did you do that? How did you succeed? Oh, you have a 3.7? Tell me how to do that. So, you know, so I can get some help. So, you know, that opportunity being available to me kind of, you know, made me, of course, want to do it for other people. So as soon as I can, you know, I, I got a mentor. And I think my mentees have always been, you know, amazing. Like I would tell them, oh, don't do this because I got like a, an F on this test. And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm doing fine. You know, I get A's and B's. And I'd say that's great. But, you know. Uh, I just try to help them in any way I can. You know, like Julian said, always share your story. Don't let them think that because you're a mentor, you suddenly have it together in any way. You know, Black women that, you know, are younger than me just to vent. So a lot of times I often ask my mentees, how's your roommate situation going? Oh, no, they did that again. Oh, tell me about it. Or, you know, give them a social atmosphere if they need one, if they don't have their own support system yet or things like that. So I think it just means to me like recognizing like, you know, how you're able to get to the point that you are um, because, you know, Black women got engineering degrees 20 years ago and no one thought that was possible and just trying to pay it forward, you know, through programs like we have um, or just trying to be sociable to, you know, Black uh, women or other women of color that you see in STEM and maybe just say hello or just wave at them in the hallway so that they feel like they belong. Because you, you know, at one point, you felt like you did it. That is awesome. That's fantastic. The, the power of being a mentor and the power of having access to mentors. You know, you are in an environment where you are around people who have achieved what you want. And so that is fantastic that you actually, you know, took advantage of that and you went and talked to them. So often, you know, students can be intimidated or are intimidated by, you know, going and talking to someone, you know, or talking to a professor. So that's fantastic. And lastly, Nia Johnson. Yes. So if I were to go on and on, I'd probably just repeat everything that Julianne Camila said. But to tie it all together, I think it all leads back to using your voice. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have a big platform or be in a top position. I think it just means, like Camila said, remembering where you were and how you felt and what you needed at that time and using your voice to fulfill other people's needs by giving back, whether that's a mentor-mentee relationship, whether that's 
going and sitting next to the other black girl in your class, whether that's, for example, going to my internship in Lima twice in a row to the point where, you know, you know, people there, you have connections there and then connecting with the younger people in Nesby who are looking for internships and opportunities and giving them that contact information. You know, it's, it's a small gesture um, that can lead to really big wins for people. So yeah, just using your voice. That is fantastic. Use your voice, use your voice, find a mentor, be honest, tell your story. So many good lessons from you all this evening. I really, really appreciate it. I want to ask each one of you all, what are you looking forward to? I know Julian has actually graduated this past December. And the two of you, Nia and Camila, have one more semester or two more semesters for Nia. Oh, you have three? Okay, okay. So, well, you're, you're almost there. You're kind of, you're over the hump and you're on the other side or kind of looking to the other side now. You're in your majors and, and so forth. So that's great. So what are you looking forward to after graduation? I guess, yeah, after graduation. I am looking forward to becoming a healthcare worker and even as wild as that sounds right now during a pandemic, I'm looking forward to getting into my career and doing what I've always had a passion to do. I've always said that undergrad felt like a buffer time for me. So if you're listening and you feel like you're in a buffering moment during your undergrad, power through it because eventually you'll get into whatever program you want to get into or whatever career you want to get into and you'll be able to feel better and feel more accomplished about the things that you've done. That's great. Fantastic. Nia, Camila? I was going to say, I'm excited to like really get more in depth into like the coursework that I have to do um, because similar to Julian, like I, undergrad is like, okay, because there's a lot of requirements you need to graduate. So even though like I like my major and I like, you know, what I learn, it's not really related to like the research work that I do and the stuff that I want to get my graduate degree and I'm very bored. I had to just take all these, you know, EC classes so I can graduate with the actual degree. But I guess I'm excited later on when I'll be in my program and I could just study, you know, what I'm interested in and not have to worry about things that I probably don't, you know, find interesting and need to a lot of motivation just to, you know, do the work for. But yeah, and I guess beyond that, I plan to use that degree to become a professor someday. So I think I talked a bit about um, maybe wanting to go into education. Um, so I think that would be a great way to use my degree and be a professor. Not only will I be able to discover new things and research whatever I'd like to, but I also get to teach students. Um, and I think that would be really rewarding um, to use what I've learned and kind of help students learn as well. Because there's a lot of poor professors, um, I guess, in the engineering level, because they, they don't really teach them how to teach. You know, they're probably geniuses and whatnot. So, you know, focusing on teaching the students, but also my work, I think will be really great in the long run. Excellent. Yes, that is true. Not all professors are great professors or are really passionate about teaching per se, but some have other skills and talents. That's true. <laughs> all right, Nia? Yeah, so... To go off what Julian said a bit, I differ a little bit from Camila when it comes to my major. I've told people time and time again since I got into the major that it's not exactly my favorite. And I think for those out there who are in some kind of STEM major, remember that 
even though you may be doing something that's not your favorite, it could propel you or open doors into what you do really enjoy. So for example, with me being in chemical engineering, I plan to graduate. I plan to go work in the industry, most likely for Procter & Gamble. And within Procter & Gamble, that'll give me the opportunity to directly impact people, um, whether that be through mentorship, again, like I mentioned, or you know, just me being a Black woman in industry. And then moving forward, I can go back to school and pursue higher education and whatever I decide to pursue. So yeah, just with that, I think it's it's important to remember that you may feel like you're buffering, but it can propel you into what you really want to do. That's fantastic. Thank you all so much for your time tonight. You have shared some great nuggets, I think. And I hope that uh, whoever is listening finds value in it and really takes heed to some of the things that you have shared because you are still in the thick of it. You know, you're still in school. Julian is out and she's going to go to school some more, I think. (laughs) But she has a little bit of a break. And one of the things that I always say, and Nia can attest to this, is that you may not be exactly where you want to be, but all of the things that you have done count. It all counts. And it's all a part of your evolution. This podcast is called Careers Evolve because I love to hear about people's stories, how they have kind of transitioned over the years. And the experience is the journey and the journey is the experience, right? So if you didn't do these different things, how would you know that you want to you know, be a professor? So all of those things that you've done, it all counts and it's not wasted. It's not wasted time. So again, thank you ladies so, so much. I'm so excited about your future and all of the things that you all have to look forward to. You all will be phenomenal additions to any work environment, any university, wherever you go, whatever you do. And I know that you will continue to pay it forward to other young people, young women, young women of color. And so I can't tell you enough how proud I am of you and how excited I am. And you know that your futures are bright. Keep pushing. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, for those of you out there who are listening, please consider doing so. I plan to bring you lots of great content. I know a lot of people and I'm so excited to uh, have them as guests here and hopefully you'll know them soon as well. Thank you for listening. And as always, let's continue to open doors for one another and for ourselves. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate the support. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about me, please visit my website at drmoniquecjohnson.com. And that's DR for doctor. Until next time, let's open doors and break barriers. Thank you.